Bible Speaks with Audley McLean and Elgin Carlock. The Bible Speaks is a weekly ministry of Harvest International. Our prayer is that the Bible Speaks will encourage you in your study of God's Word. You will be able to contact Audley and Elgin at the address given at the end of this broadcast. And now, here's Audley and Elgin. Yes, indeed, and we are happy to be here, Elgin. I believe that you and I share this passion to share the good news. And so we're glad to be here today. Hello, hello. Thank you for tuning in today and for our opportunity again to share in the Word of God with you. Okay, and um, we concluded last week, Elgin, by promising to come back to the Isaiah vision. And we are going to wrap that up today, aren't we? Yes. <laughs> yeah, we've been at it for a while, but there's a lot of stuff in there. Just as a reminder now, we spoke about the stages in Isaiah's vision. It began chapter 6 by talking about the year the king Uzziah died, and we, were, we spoke to the folk about that he was probably closely attached to this brilliant man who was king for many years, but he was more than just a leader. He was an inventor. He was a warrior. He was a smart guy. And we talked about the danger of getting, not the danger of getting hooked up with smart people, but becoming dependent on our relationship with them. And sometimes, because everything seems so good around them, or the idea, or the club, or the association, whatever it is, God kind of gets pushed aside. And it doesn't say so, but the fact that it was when he died, when Uzziah died, that Isaiah said he, he had a fresh vision of God. And I think that we are in this, a position to have the same kind of challenge, but we also have the same kind of opportunity. And we talked about a number of new things that happened. And we Actually, we started off because it was a new year. Um, it's still a new year, and for anybody sharing these moments with us, it's a new day. That's and right. earlier before the broadcast, you had said, Elgin, you're just glad that we have another day. And we ought to be grateful about each day's new possibilities. I think we take for granted that we're going to be here tomorrow. And, and in that, we don't truly give deference to the great gift that we receive every morning that we open our eyes. But when we consider the great prayer, it says, give us this day our daily bread. So that means if, if we open our eyes that morning, then we should be petitioning God to uh, help us make the full effectiveness of that new day that we've received. And, and you know, Elgin, for those who are believers in Jesus Christ, I don't like to just use the word Christian because that can be a... It's cheapened today. It's anything and everything that is not atheistic. But that's not a... The, the people... The Bible doesn't even instruct us to call ourselves Christian. 
but we were called Christians or the believers were called Christians because of their attachment to Jesus Christ, because of their Jesus lifestyle. And so you and I have the opportunity of making today a Jesus day, a God day, and we are not the main object of our life's presentation. He is. We sometimes sing a song, Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Take my moments and my days, let them flow in ceaseless praise. Is that really happening? We need to ask ourselves, don't we? Do we give thanks truly and, and understand that since our lives are to spread and share the, the gospel, when we open our eyes in the morning, we are full of possibility, full of, of should be excitement because we have such a wonderful gift that was given to us. And no matter what your past was, there is a new beginning. Bethlehem took a, to- a call from off the altar, touched his lips. You know, that raises all kinds of questions in my mind. It's like a cluster thing. Well, what's going on? What were his lips saying? Were they bad things? Boastful things? Things independent of God? And sometimes, I admit, my lips need to be touched. And I thank God Isaiah had his touch. And we all do. Because it's, it's not so much that we are evil as it is we live in the world. And if we're not careful to be ever mindful of what God's expectation of us is as being holy and being righteous, then we can easily fall into situations where a little cleansing is necessary. What about somebody who's sharing this with us, but they can't talk back to us because we don't have a two-way communication right now, but who's struggling with that because he or she has wandered away from God. No big-time stuff, but they know they're not where they used to be, just like you and I have come to that conclusion time and time again. What do we say to that person today? What we say to that person is come. He will in no wise turn you away. But a humble heart and repentance, though. Mm-hmm. So, so recognize what those things are that may have caused that separation and turn away from them. But then ask him to forgive you and to help you move into the next level. Elgin, I, I want to stay with that point for just a moment. Because as a believer, an evangelical believer as a born-again person, I'm describing me. Um, We have a formula. I've been in the gospel ministry now for a long time. And I've worked, most of my beginning years was working with children and young people. And then I was called to do crusades and so on. And I'd always want people to, A, raise their hands, come forward, and nothing wrong with any of those things. But I want them to articulate a certain kind of prayer. I just want to set people free today because that's not in the Bible. I'm thinking of the woman caught in adultery and these guys came and bring, brought her to him. You know, And my wife and I were reading that the other day and I don't, it's not a laughing matter. I have told folks and I confess again, I 
had that experience. But the guys weren't being condemned. It was a woman they brought. And when Jesus stooped down to write, I wonder if he was writing some of their names because they started to leave one by one by one. And then Jesus says to her, were the people accusing you? I think a lot is implied in those unspoken words. She never prayed a prayer of confession because Jesus knew her heart. She was already contrite. She didn't back off. She didn't scratch at these guys. She stood there. I believe somebody now just needs to stand there and let Jesus wash you through. But you have to be open to allow that. that and, and not let our minds tell us because of the severity or, or just the enmity between mm-hmm. you know, us and, and, and where we're supposed to be that, that we don't deserve to be forgiven. We don't deserve to be able to stand in front of Jesus and, and say, here I am. And allow him to to massage and mentor to our hearts that, that we can understand that we can be forgiven. And the Spirit of God who brings conviction, Jesus said he would convict the world of sin. He's the one speaking to your heart today. And we trust he's the one speaking through Elgin and me today. Because it is his work and not ours. So let's take a look, go back to our friend Isaiah. And we got to the point where he had a new commission because he had made a new commitment. And God told him what to do. And so I want to, if we can, Elgin, strike a contrast between what God told Isaiah to do and what you and I and every born-again believer is called upon to do. The message that Isaiah had to tell Israel was rough stuff. It was about judgment. And so, I want to read, if you would, from Isaiah uh, chapter 6, beginning at verse 9. This is an awful message. God was speaking in judgment. Listen up. And he said, go and say to this people, make the heart of this people dull, their ears heavy, blind their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and turn and be healed. And I said, How long, O Lord? He said unto it, The cities lie waste, without inhabitants now, and the houses without people, and the land is desolate waste. And the Lord removes people far away in the forsaken places, and many in the midst of the land. And though a tenth remain in it, it will be burned again, like a terebinth on an oak whose stump remains when it is felled and the holy seed is stump. Now that's Isaiah's message. Isaiah's message for Israel was one of wrath. Mm. Thank God in Christ our message is one of hope Mm. and peace and eternal life. Now behold I bring you good news. But before I read the words that Jesus spoke let me remind you of the promise from what we call the Christmas story. And she shall bring forth a son, and he shall save his people from their sins. That's Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. Now listen to Luke 4, starting at verse 14. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, 
and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was, taking, he was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at such gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son? Hmm. They asked. Be, I'm going to get you. <laughs> and then Jesus read for my, and the day of the judgment of our God. But it says that Jesus stopped, closed the book, because the day of judgment is for those who reject this opportunity that Jesus came to bring. So today is a day of redemption. And you know, we could load ourselves up with scriptures, but I see time is going to run out on us. But we're done with Isaiah for now. <laughs> and remember, there is hope in Jesus Christ. He said, I came to call, not the righteous, but sinners to repentance. May the grace and glory of God keep you until we meet again. Amen. Amen. I've wandered far away from God. This program is cared for by listeners who care. Your prayers and financial investment in this ministry helps to keep the good news on the air. We look forward to hearing from you and invite you to write us at Harvest International, Post Office Box 6690, Ocala, Florida, 34478. Again, that's Harvest International, Post Office Box 6690, Ocala, Florida, 34478.